Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you on yet another week. And uh, I am very excited to bring you this latest edition. Um, like we told in the last podcast that we did, we are going to have almost a two-pronged podcast strategy this time. Oh, not a strategy, really, but a two-pronged podcast. One, we're going to talk about this uh, crazy conference that we part one of which we talked with Sohak Shukla. If you haven't watched that podcast now, I would urge you watch that podcast because we're not going to be repeating the introduction of the conference and everything. Uh, we talked about the about the, about the global Hindutva and stuff, what that conference represented and why it's troubling and so forth. We're actually going to delve into the whole academic side and we're going to talk, talk in detail about what, you know, uh, it, it feels to be on the academic discourse and be facing conferences like this and facing facing a lot of challenges with a fantastic guest that I have today, uh, Dr. Lavanya Vimsani. She's a professor at Shawnee State University in Ohio. She's a Fulbright scholar and is also a visiting professor at Jawaharlal Nehru University in India, um, an academic from uh, Hyderabad, uh, India. I, I had to talk to you about talk about your alma mater as well is from the University of Hyderabad has been on this side of the Atlantic for over a decade now and has been writing terrific papers, um, you know, uh, doing a lot of research work on the history uh, side and the academic side. So please, uh, uh, you know, it's an honor to have you on. Dr. Wimsani. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank for, you. Uh, yeah. uh, it's my pleasure to join. No, the reason I uh, started with please was my uh, for my listeners that please don't troll me if I ask any impertinent questions to the professor. But I, I, I have I have told her this is going to be a very uh, lighthearted, nonchalant conversation. So she's you know she she she's she's ready to have a very non-academic discussion about academic topics with <laughs> with me. But no, welcome to my podcast, professor. It's it's great to have. Thank you, thank you. My pleasure to be here. So, so let's let's get into this, right? Um, our, 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 our viewers and listeners already know about uh, this disarming global Hindutva conference and so forth. And I'm not going to uh, once I did this, shared my screen and showed everyone what it was about. I'm not going to give them any more publicity. Um, basically, it's a conference. It's it's an dis academic conference disguised, but essentially, it's it's become a activist adda, right? All these people are activists. So you as an academic first, and let's not even get into the uh, meat of the conference, so to speak right now, and talk about what it represents. As an academic, when all you see in a supposedly academic conference is names of activists, what is the first reaction you have? Do you even take it seriously? No. <laughs> the simple answer is no. Uh, they might bill it as an academic conference, but um, I don't know. I haven't checked it, but uh, some friends have shared uh, the information with me uh, and they haven't come forward or uh, forward this to in any academic yeah. list or any in any um, academic uh, sense of the term. So, so I really don't know the actual information, but uh, whatever is available uh, in the media. Yeah, I mean, we're all going by what was written in the website and on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're not forthcoming and they are dishonest in uh, what they are trying to project. Hmm. They're not giving out the names. They're not, you know, they, they have some universities listed and then they took them off and then they added some centers. So yeah. uh, it, the whole enterprise seems to be uh, kind of a, um, not really academic. If it's academic, you know, uh, it'll be clear. 
uh, in its uh, actual agenda and its uh, proposal and uh, who is participating and their um, and which yeah. universities are uh, really involved and all that. So they're not forthcoming with the information and the lists are changing uh, all the time. So yeah. and the nature of the conference itself is not academic uh, yeah. because um, whatever uh, lists that they were putting forward doesn't show that many academics in it. Absolutely. Almost 90 percent of them are activists are either activists or uh, retired uh, emeritus professors. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so not really acting in the field, not really. Uh, yeah, up to date, so to speak. Well, if one would argue that many of the ideas they represent are also not active in the field and are very outdated ideas. But that's you know, that's, those, are, yeah. those are semantics. And uh, I would uh, urge all our readers to read the red view of history and what it represented earlier, right. so to speak. Again, not going into uh, specifics with that. But coming coming to coming in the detail coming to the details of this and there have been a gazillion shows on this guys uh, you know yeah. rebutting the conference and so forth and so we are going to focus on something that's not been talked about before is the first part of it is that they talk about we they talk about hinduphobia and lately they have tried to muddle in that there is no such thing as hinduphobia and you and many others have said that there is very much evidence of hinduphobia you know uh, aversion to many things Hindu, be it belittling of certain uh, activities or so even start, it starts from pictures, right? Certain pictures, if someone posts and the reactions to it are just so seeped in, you know, a sort of a bias against what you believe in uh, or a bias against a religion. So that that itself is very Hindophobic. So that's first part of it. The second part of it is academic misrepresentation. I Do they understand Hindutva? themselves right i mean here we are not trying to define what hindutva is and stuff and people can have multiple perspectives of any concept but for, to have multiple perspectives or to come arrive to a conclusion you have to have a discussion between multiple pers perspectives if you have five people with the same perspective yeah. you know talking in a conference that's an echo chamber not really a discussion yeah that's not a conference that's not an yeah. academic conference academic conference represents uh, multiple viewpoints uh, and also doesn't deny it doesn't mm. deny this perspective or that perspective academic conferences are open yeah. open to discussion and accepting of multiple viewpoints uh, but then, why are they in denial about hindu phobia is it because it bursts burst their narrative completely i i, I think so yeah. um, i am concerned about this denial uh, mm. because uh, vilifying any group of people uh, mm. by vilifying their texts their festivals mm. their practices uh, is a dangerous trend uh, yeah. and it has led to dangerous uh, consequences in the past. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm concerned about. Uh, and it ultimately it boils down to the personal experience of some, right? You cannot yeah. say that as activists, you agree with the experience of, of one group and call it XYZ phobia, and you don't agree with the experience of the other group and do not call it because uh, that doesn't suit my political agenda, right? And, and that's that's the muddled waters we get into. So that's what I want to, you know, to discuss that when activists and political figures start taking over academic conferences, the academics goes out of the window and then right. it's up starts appearing like a you know certain universities in delhi right that's what is happening uh, yeah. many academics have gone quiet mm. because they started calling them hindutva soft hindutva and uh, some of them even got given worse labels you know yeah. 
Uh, and academics don't like to be called labels and don't like to be dragged on uh, social media and uh, you know given these uh, vicious names vicious mm. attacks mm. Uh, so many academics have gone quiet mm. um, it's not that you know they they they, they don't see it they, they see what is going on here but they don't want to talk about it because of the uh, vicious attacks uh, that are launched uh, mm. on anybody that speaks up um, absolutely they have invented kind of you know graded certifications you know graded mm. labels you know so uh, they'll call some people hindutva and some people soft hindutva and some people you know <laughs> hindu fanatic some people hindu you know so yeah. there are these graded terminology that they use yeah so, it, it, it's it's like this uh, insane uh, thing they're happening partly so partly softly subtly maybe so ultimately the, those variations exist more on their side than this side and and i Again, I, I don't even want to get into sides, right? Why are we Why are we getting itch? There should be a discussion on what do they even realize what the term Hindutva represents? And like we like we said, uh, Professor Vemsani and I, we are not going to sit here and define or sit in judgment. We are actually here discussing why there is a complete absence of free speech or a complete absence of uh, well you know not even i would say free discussion on the left right or on the far left i would say not on the left and the reason i say it is the minute you talk about it the entire cabal just jumps on to sh shut you up saying how dare you even uh, question one and that in my opinion is blocking free speech yes uh, there is no discussion there is no open discussion if you say yeah. something or oppose their uh, viewpoint yeah there is no discussion there is no answer they they just throw labels and then uh, yeah. shut you off try to shut you off and uh, my thing is my thing is if you are so if you are so uh, uh, concerned about this right if you are so concerned about uh, people talking against this, uh, this, this disarming global hindu or whatever the hell their conference is called um, why don't they invite two people in each of their sessions to represent right. an opposite point of view i think because they're worried that they'll be outed and right. they the two people will actually uh, give uh, give points of views that the other five will not be able to take and and like i always joke right that and i'm not completing uh, comparing or conflating too but there is a certain professor professor amar who teaches economics and he comes he descends on india once uh, once a year uh, or twice a year and then gives a, 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 you know throws his sympathy at a lot of us indians and gives interviews to these news channels where he talks about anything except his own record as when he was leading the Nalanda University and he'll talk about the politics and stuff and he never ever gets into a debate because all these interviewers are like so reverential towards him so or Arundhati Roy right same thing right uh, when was the last time you've seen Arundhati Roy go into a debate with uh, a person who can actually take her on no they, they will never get into uh, you know they'll always go this one-on-one -on -one, uh, thing with reverential interviews so it's the same culture going in the conference as well none of these activists none of these people want to go on a, a, a debate debating platform yeah yeah they're going to tell you know the us yeah. silly people you know what is <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with the world yeah but and, so, and they don't want to listen to our worldview or our counter argument. But just... let, so let me ask you this: uh, as a as a, as a, as, a uh, uh, as a professor who's been in the, on this side of the uh, uh, on this side of the Atlantic, how hard is has it been in the last, especially in the last few years, to get a certain point of view out? And what are the challenges that you faced? It is. It is. Uh, it is problematic. Uh, mm -hmm. It was problematic in the um, in the early uh, 
21st century mm -hmm. but this decade uh, has mm -hmm. become even more problematic uh, mm -hmm. because um, they have seen any any viewpoint that doesn't agree with them uh, as a as a negative uh, to to them and then uh, they try to picture that uh, mm -hmm. as a negative viewpoint uh, for everyone um, so, uh, in other words, you're you were trying to say, for example, as simple as fact-based research. Uh, for example, uh, there was no Aryan invasion, mm. right? So, if you're trying to argue that, it's a it's a simple point, and it's a, uh, it's a historically valid uh, viewpoint. Mm. But you cannot uh, say it. You know, the, you will you will face opposition. Uh, mm. You will face problems. Uh, with everyone uh, and they'll call you start calling you names and they don't want to accept the research that comes out of it mm. um, if if real research has come out on something uh, mm. they will try to spin it uh, mm. for example the rocky gari uh, skeleton and the research has come out right it has shown that the rocky gari skeleton actually had indigenously uh, indigenous genetics which mm. is shared by many indians Mm. Uh, and the, the the news items, the media items, and the, mm. the, the, the cycle that these guys were, were spinning is, mm. there is no R1A. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how would that relate to R1A? R1A yeah. is the male DNA, and it's not going to be there. So, so, so I, I am familiar with this, uh, Professor, but a lot of our... No, no, a lot of our uh, listeners and viewers might not have heard. So I, actually, could you expand on that? Like what 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 happened in the skeleton thing and what was there? Like if you could just talk briefly for 30 seconds about it. Okay. Their, their, their argument for the yeah. arrival of Aryans in India is mm. that, you know, there is there is R1A, uh, mm. lots of R1A in mm. uh, Europe, in Eastern Europe and Europe. Yeah. But it is younger than R1A in India, and R1 and the, the previous genes, you know, the, the, the founder's C is also found in India, but they don't tell you that. Hmm. They tell you there is a lot of R1 in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and then R1 in India. Of course, R1 in India is older, uh, yes. and uh, R actually originated, the mutation originated in India, and the C. Yeah. It uh, almost seventy three thousand years old uh, is in India, <laughs> but yeah. they won't tell you that because they want to keep this Aryan invasion uh, going on and the race theory going on, and they want to divide, keep the India divided uh, mm. as it was for centuries. So, so yeah. they want the narrative to change. And, and to summarize, what Professor is saying is she's not opposed to having a discussion on whether Aryan invasion theory is valid or not. She's saying we have to. Uh, I'll attack that question with proof, right? But you cannot just say that the minute you question the Aryan invasion theory, oh, you are, you know, how dare you do that? Because there is the uh, there's the Aryan invasion theory and there is the out of India theory. The, those are the two theories, prevalent theories. Now there are variations within theories and and so forth that is going on. And and agreed. Uh, again, we are coming to the whole academic point, right? Uh, I mean, pardon me for repeating my uh, re repeating certain words that I've said because it ultimately boils down to what sort of discussions you want to have and do you really want to come to a conclusion because there are no straight conclusions to this right there is always going to be a variation of a, a, a variable of a little bit of assumption some research some sort of you know carbon dating techniques it, it has to be a combination of all this right correct me if i'm right right yeah 
has to be a combination of all that. Yeah. It cannot be based on, you know, some some linguistic theory, some linguistic yeah. morphology itself is not. Or, or, or which one yeah. lady, or a book that a lady historian wrote in India 60 years ago, who's the fairy godmother of all the new historians in India, right? I, yeah, I mean, you can't just take everything as a gospel. Thankfully, our, our, our uh, you know, our, our history doesn't just uh, depend on what uh, she and her friends wrote in yeah. certain universities 40 years ago, right, or 50 right. years ago. Yeah, that's what still is the, is the thing with, uh, <clears throat> with this type of conferences and this type of, uh, um, uh, they say they're academic, but they don't want to hear. Uh, even factual uh, information from from us, mm. uh, and they want to continue this 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 um, vilifying Hinduism. You know, the, mm. the Hinduism has to be vilified. Their gods has to be vilified. You know, so so the narrative has to continue. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it okay. doesn't belong to India. If it belongs to India, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's unfortunately the what they're trying to you know. Uh, do what what has happened since is a lot of university harvard university has repudiated them uh, you know the name use of their name and logo and many other universities have either pulled out or questioned them and so forth um you know people have spoken out padma Guppa has spoken out neera jantani has spoken out many others i'm missing out on many names but uh you know there have been thousands of hindu americans and not just indian americans or uh, uh, uh not just the indians you know from india a lot of people who are born and raised here have spoken right. out right? right so it it is certainly um there and now they have started even using a term brahmanism in say in the conference document what is brahmanism <laughs> i don't know what is brahmanism uh, yeah so so someone should do a paper a hmm. research paper on inventor terminology in uh, hindu studies uh, hmm. aryans brahmanism and there are many terms like this uh, for goddesses and gods, they also use hot goddess, you know, <laughs> these kind of terms. So what is uh, what is all these terms? So, you know, yeah. so inventor terminology. It's, 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 it's irony that the liberals are being very illiberal in their uh, terminology usage, very illiberal in answering questions that many uh, people are saying, so-called liberals, I should say, they are not really liberals. Uh, and in uh, itself, the whole term left liberal construct is under question because uh, they're very illiberal on uh, accepting any other ideology that's not theirs, you know, and uh, so forth. Um, one also thinks that there is a little, this comes out of a little bit of a frustration because they are not able to get political power in India. So they are trying to, you know, sort of um, uh, uh, make this as a, some sort of a last hurrah that let's just demonize rather if we cannot get political power in india let's just demonize uh, ideologies and stuff and demonize the the people what instead they have done is rather than take on a political role they have tried to question they have tried to undermine a faith that is represented 1.4 by one point more than one and a half billion people worldwide right they've tried to and the attack isn't just on that the attack is on a way of life that many hindus lead and that is what's troubling Right, right. I, I agree with you on every point you said, uh, Aditji. Mm. The one point is uh, they never had political power. The left mm. party is communist, Marxist. Uh, there mm. are 100, 100 uh, names of them. Mm. Uh, they never had widespread 
political power in India uh, and uh, whatever they had in uh, West Bengal and Kerala is uh, very limited um, and they don't have any legislative uh, representation, mm. very limited le legislative representation even in their heyday. So they, so mm. they're, 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 their only uh, only activity uh, is actually supporting violence. Uh, mm. There is, um, I don't know, I come from uh, uh, Telangana. Uh, mm. The mm. communist mm. violence is really, really well known. Madhya mm. uh, Pradesh, Chhattisgarh, and Madhya uh, Pradesh, yeah. Telangana, the communist violence is beyond. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. So lots of lives were lost. So 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 there there. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I would like to answer because these people claim to be standing for the lives of all Indians and stuff and which is good, very nice. And I, wa I want to, them to talk about the CRPF Jamans who are martyred by the Naxals, you know, uh, Naxalite oh, attacks. So yeah. yeah, and and, and so many Nax Naxalite uh, uh, yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so, so but they, they're completely silent on that. So, um, in fact, yeah. Arundhati Roy. And, you know, Laos, they're actually burned with one yeah. train, you know, so... Uh, their, I, I think their their political power is limited, uh, mm -hmm. and they try to control others by violence, uh, mm -hmm. which they have previously done in India. Yes. Uh, and uh, they're they're they they're very given uh, to their narrative. Uh, mm -hmm. They think their narrative is their power. Uh, so so they're they're you know they have a violent side in India uh, on the one side, and on the other side they have this. Um, narrative hmm. uh, you know kind of like patronizing uh, narrative you know hmm. we know the truth and you all have to agree with it. You, you you had you had this uh, yeah you had this wonderful tweet on hindu phobia that you tweeted right before we started recording a few minutes before and i want to i want to quote this tweet hindu phobia survives on chicken licken syndrome in centipede network rain is a great thing but they'll try to convince you the sky is falling down the tiny little network of the feet that carry the centipede don't know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that exactly summarizes what. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's an excellent tweet that you did, and um, uh, you know, and I mean, uh, I I I I want to ask you something that is a question that many people are having, right? That. Did we see this happen before or has this increased in the last few years only because they're of their frustrations on other aspects? And is it is it because they expected that um, with, you know, um, uh, the U.S. administration is going to be a lot strong, uh, a lot more critical on India and so forth. And because it hasn't happened, they're trying to somehow pressure the U.S. administration to start taking, uh, making statements against India and so forth. Do you think that could be a motivation, motivating factor as well? Or you think it's just simply ideological uh, I, I yeah I think uh, they mm. have always done this, mm. but uh, because of uh, lack of social media and lack of uh, media awareness, mm. Mm. we haven't seen it. They have always done it, but they have always done it in the background, and nobody were, were able to question them. Uh, when I was in uh, University of Hyderabad in the nineties, uh, there was there was this lot of uh, left propaganda, left uh, activities, um, and. Um, they're called some organization. I don't know. There is a leftist student organization that attacked and uh, did, uh, you know, uh, uh, violent uh, mm. 
uh, and the narrative is also there. Uh, one of our professors would always talk about this, you know, the oh, nationalization of history. What is nationalization of history? We are trying mm. to bring forth fact-based mm. history instead of, uh, you know, fact-constructed um, <laughs> history. Uh, yeah, so no, at, at the cost, sound, uh, cost of sounding impertinent, what we really need is rationalization of history, not nationalization. Uh, yeah. Applying a rational approach where five narratives could lead to something, you know, the 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 the, the, the old, uh, we've always said the dharmic way of vada and vivada. If there yeah. is no vada and vivada, how are you going to come to any conclusion? Yeah, yeah. So in the 1990s, uh, being in university, I have seen I have seen all these uh, elements, you know, the, the I don't know, the, the, the students forum, I forgot their name. So their violent activities. And it's good. They, they don't deserve to be remembered anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And I also remember, not all, my, all the professors, of course, my professor is, you know, um, different. But uh, there are professors who, who took, you know, and gave lectures uh, on this style, you know. Um, Marxist history, you know, and this history, that history, you know, now they're trying to change. It's going to, you know, like the chicken licken syndrome, you know, we're, we're all going to die. The sky is falling down. Yeah. They don't see the see the positive and they don't see the facts. Yeah. So it's 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 so strange. I mean, I I want to them to actually, and since they are so concerned about Hinduism and so forth, or as they claim, why why not have a session on what happened to Hindus in Afghanistan? Because right now there is a big uh, what is happening in Afghanistan, but that that they won't do war in Pakistan because that will upset a lot of people, you know, that they're uh, buddies with. So. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest issue. But coming to coming to another point that uh, that doesn't get talked about much is right. the whole the whole aspect of what this um, you know the involving certain journalists involving so so forth in from India. Uh, it would it when you're talk, trying to talk about current situation in India, okay, you're trying to get a certain perspective from there, but what makes their perspective the only perspective that should be discussed, right? Why shouldn't there be more? So do you also find that in academic circles, what is happening is the same professors are trying to, when you have guest lecturers, when you have guest lectures, they would only get those people. So only a certain perspective of India gets talked about in universities, right? Because people think that, oh, all this narrative changing only happens in coursework. But yeah. you and I both know that right. that's not where this happens. It's the right. seminars, it's the yeah. guest lectures, it's the papers they have, you have to write. And in papers, which media organizations can you cite? Where can you get your data? That's that's where the narrative building happens, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, do you see that that the cabal is at work at that, and that needs to be countered even more than you know all this? Right, right. That's that's what I uh, I think. The narrative construction uh, has to be condemned more than more than the conference or more than the people that are participating in it. Uh, yeah. The narrative that's being constructed hmm. uh, is much more dangerous. Uh, the narrative that is being put forth uh, is that the, they're calling it Hindutva, but hmm. um, now they come out with uh, Brahmanism. Uh, Brahmanism was uh, initially used. Uh, by early scholars to to represent Hinduism. So yeah. so in other words, Hinduism is being vilified and Hinduism is being uh, put forth uh, yeah. as uh, something less of what it appears to be. In Hinduism generally is a universalist 
religion but uh, the, the the way they are trying to bring forth the narrative is uh, hinduism as a violent uh, religion and not not what it uh, seems to be so they are trying to represent something uh, that is not truly representative of uh, hinduism mm -hmm. so this narrative has to be countered uh, mm -hmm. more than um, more than the people or more than uh, what's going on so because this narrative doesn't stay there the vilification starts in the academia starts in the conferences but it gets into media once it gets into media it get, it gets out of control uh, because it happened before previously uh, as we talked um, previously also uh, after 911 there were attacks on hindus because in the media people were talking and even some indian politicians were talking Hmm. that uh, hindu violence and hindu fanaticism hindu violence is a threat and all that indian politician one of the well known politicians was uh, putting forward this narrative hmm. uh, uh, it it is going to affect somewhere uh, of course throughout north america there were attacks on hin hindus Hmm. Uh, a Hindu temple was burned. Uh, hmm. People were surprised. Why is this happening? Hindus were a quiet lot in uh, North America. Yes, hmm. they were quiet, but the narrative that is put forth in media and that narrative that is coming out of uh, some yes. Indian politicians is that uh, Hinduism is a threat. Hindus are, you know, violent hmm. and all that. So, and, and, I, and I always say, you know, that, you know they're, they're building the narrative to demonize. Uh, and the demonization is going to get to the people. It's going yeah. to affect all Hindus. They're thinking, you know, if we ignore it, it might not uh, become dangerous. But it is going to become dangerous if the narrative is built uh, and so, it reaches to the media. So I've always said this, and I'm not huge fans of New York Times, BBC, Washington Post, and so forth. I mean, I have a lot of questions with their uh, content. And uh, many people in India I talk to, they're like, oh, uh, people who read New York Times and Washington Post don't vote in India which is true, they don't. And the Indian elections doesn't matter on what the economist says, the New York Times says, Washington Post says. But unfortunately or fortunately, the people over here, many in the establishment do read New York Times and Washington Post and children of many Hindu Americans, children of Indian Americans, they do read that. And the reason, I mean, they are Hindu Americans themselves, but they do read it. And unfortunately, we either have to counter it by uh, providing a counter in New York Times and Washington Post, you know, uh, do what it takes to represent a correct narrative or get the right picture out, or come up with alternative platforms which question it. You cannot just dismiss it or not have a media strategy just saying that, Are, uh, you know, they don't, because the yes, people, but if you want to take on the global narrative, it has to start somewhere. So I, I, I always, and I've seen how, tr how troublesome it is to get the right narrative out because they clearly have a bias, right? I mean, uh, ironically, the other day we were seeing uh, on BBC, there was a discussion where Christine uh, Fair, again, I have many uh, uh, dis disagreements, agreements with her, but that's separate. You oh, know, she was talking about... Yeah, but she she was she was talking about Pakistan, and uh, the BBC and anchor right away. Yeah, huh, I mean, stopped them right away, and and clearly there is a lot of troubling interest in Pakistan and Taliban. Again, please listen to the podcast we did with Lema Murtaza, who is an Afghan American activist two, three weeks ago, where she talks about it in detail. Uh, yeah. It's on our YouTube channel, on Mindmakers YouTube and SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this, right. or on Spotify, wherever, whatever platform right. platform you prefer. Um, uh, this. 
this narrative you know but bbc com- comes and counters that but bbc for years has spread so much nonsense on kashmir so much nonsense on you know what is happening in india or uh, new york times so either you need groups that actually you know uh, put in the correct narrative in alternative media or you have to you know sort of uh, get pieces published by hook or you know I, I don't want to say by hook or by crook but basically because i don't want to I forget that but some strategy needs to be done because this clearly is not working what we have ignoring yeah yeah that's that's the technique that uh, indians have used for a long time they they were like ah oh, we'll ignore it and work 100 times as harder and it will go away but yeah, it, doesn't. It, it doesn't you 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 send you you do this amazing thing about mars new york times still published a very publishes a very racist cartoon about indian scientists in mars mm-hmm. it is seeped in racism and why the heck should you not bash it or completely take it to town or write an op-ed in new york times you think if the indian government requests new york times that you know we want to write our op-ed they'll say no if they say no tweet it out that right. these guys are not even interested in freedom of speech right yeah. i i mean you need to have a media advisor that takes these guys throughout do daily press press conferences and bash them uh, on what they need so i i i i firmly firmly believe i've said this for since 2013 since mr modi was running his campaign that they need a press advisor like we have one in america for every taking on the daily briefings and doing this because this twitter business just won't work just won't cut it people have short memories and unfortunately legacy media still holds forth in many aspects of american life true absolutely true. so in conclusion uh, uh, professor vemsani what would you have um, as a message from what you've heard from this conference and what would be your take on this so condemn the narrative uh, anywhere you see it uh, stand up for what you know what you practice um, come together to condemn uh, any of this type of narratives and activities uh, and anytime you see any of the you know ignoring doesn't doesn't make it go away so any activities anything you see uh, condemn it uh, even in a small way uh, put a letter in your local newspaper or uh, put a put a put it in uh, social media and condemn it uh, yeah, and so, it is important yeah. uh, and organize organize with your friends uh, yeah. and discuss what is unfair in this representation and how uh, it should be countered and then would you like to take a moment to talk about what have the efforts been to oppose right because there have been an efforts from lot and many of them are not known like academics have spoken up activists have spoken up uh, congressmen uh, elected officials have spoken up so what do, what have you seen has it been an unprecedented show of unity amongst uh, the indian american community as well yes uh, there is there is a display of courage and uh, unity among the indian american uh, population at, at this time uh, it's a really really micro minority uh, mm-hmm. and launching a attack on them to isolate mm-hmm. them uh, is really unfair uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the indian americans are coming together to explore all venues they are using Absolutely. media they are using legislative and they are using uh, legal avenues mm-hmm. uh, which is a good thing and this should be this should be the way to uh, condemn the narrative uh, the narrative is not going to go uh, 
uh, and what is happening is young scholars, young uh, Hindu 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 students council, you know, right. uh, from universities coming in. Uh, there have been Twitter accounts that have set up, you know, someone that talk about the Hindu phobia on campus, Hindu hate on campus, so forth. There have been right. op-eds that have been written. We are doing we, in our small part, we are doing podcasts and having discussions on this. So it's it's good if 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 this it, this idiotic conference is what it took to spur the conscience of many Indian Americans, many Hindu Americans, and to talk about uh, these issues, uh, it's good. It's it maybe made this begin a very uh, uh, robust discussion on what it means, what it means to be a Hindu, what it means for people to represent this ideology, and what it means to have a the concept of Vad and Vivad as a part of our daily life. Yes. Yes, uh, they should help us. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the the Hindu way of life also is about that debate, discussion, and practice. So practice. Uh, well, I absolutely. That's a great note on which to pause. I, I, the reason I use pause and not end this podcast is I hope uh, Professor Vemsani is back with us for a follow up discussion. You know, uh, in in a few weeks about what had happened, what we'll be doing a post mortem analysis or how the future looks, and many many more topics. Uh, you know, let this be the beginning of. Of many discussions we have on this. Thank I you. would. I, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much, Professor. Thank you. And thank, thank you for so all the efforts that you've done. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adit. And always a pleasure to be here. Thank yeah, you. And please, guys, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, uptick subscribers And and please subscribe to us on SoundCloud and follow um, all of us on Twitter and write to us if you have any questions, if you have uh, uh, any comments, we'd be happy to take them in the following episodes. Till then, it's a goodbye from team mind makers and we'll be back next week thank you thank you